Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today I am very excited to have the uh, founder of One Range, Mr. Steve Gilman. Steve, thank you so much for being here phil thanks for having me huge fan of the show and i'm excited to, to chat today well now 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 i feel some pressure now that i have a huge fan on the show here um steve i have your bio over here it's quite impressive just a quick look at it um but i would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience so that they can hear from you who you are yeah awesome thanks phil um steve gilman co-founder and ceo of one range uh professional development solution platform uh my background is is as varied and as non-traditional as you could get. Um, I have a background in engineering. Uh, I've played professional baseball. I'm a former intelligence officer um, as a civilian, as well as a military reservist. Um, and I kind of recreated myself in my late 20s by going back to business school full time. That launched me into an entrepreneurial journey. My first company was uh, Block Party, live event, um, national sports and hospitality. Um, and I've worked to invest and advise in other early stage growth companies. So still figuring out what I want to do with my life, but everything I do, I, uh, I go full steam at it. No, it certainly shows that going from mechanical engineering to entrepreneurial life. That's, that's insane. Yeah. You, you don't meet many mechanical engineers at spring training. <laughs> that that's i'm pretty sure that's uh for all sports that's, yeah so that happened um th there was a logical thought at one point behind it i think you know i i love the math and physics and going into undergrad i had the ability to explore um i also wanted to serve in the military as a pilot and so I was born a year before Top Gun came out. I was kind of in that cadre. <laughs> um, and I thought a technical degree would do it. Um, and I enjoyed meeting everybody there, learning what I did. But I never saw myself as an engineer, you know, a, a technical person throughout my career. It was just kind of what I did during during those years. And it's helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah, because I'm guessing uh, mechanical engineering, you need to have your... Uh ducks in a row, you need to be able to visualize everything better and have a plan of action before going into anything. Without a doubt. And I think most of engineering tends to be problem solving and uh, going with the ebbs and flows of requirements and changes and things like that. I think what I realized in undergrad is I love studying it. I love the design path that I was on. So being able to see, touch, feel um, part of different groups that produce different um, you know, I was part of Society of Automotive Engineers. We produced a hybrid go-kart and raced that every year, did that for a few years, love that. I realized the actual path that I wanted to be on in design if I went to work for a larger corporation was more limited in scope. So mm. you can work for Boeing, but you're designing a door latch handle for 30 years, right? <laughs> and so- but It's like, gonna be the best door handle latch of life. <laughs> that's it. And it's me and a team of 50 other folks making sure the factor of safety is right. And so, um, I love working with engineers at this point, uh, but I never saw myself carrying that throughout a career, which is where kind of that non-traditional reinvention came from. Oh, I, I love that. So 
would you say that is your why? Like your your why that you decided to jump into the entrepreneurial space was because you didn't see yourself uh, designing door latches for Boeing for the next thirty years. Yeah, I uh, I think there's a very evident feeling um, and noticeable performance difference if you're trying to excel when you're passionate about something or when it's something that you can just do, right? You think mm. other people make it look, you know, um, or it looks good on paper, right? For the next employer or something like that. So when you're launching into your career and you're in your twenties, I explored a few different things. Um, but no matter what position I took, I always looked forward as to what I wanted to do next. And that wasn't completely healthy for me. So I'd get a job and I'd be there for two years and have a great time. And I look for what's next. And then I work for the government for a while. Um, and I said, okay, what's next? What's next from day one? Not that I didn't want to do that job and have a great experience. Um, but I was always looking ahead. Entrepreneurship, man, you find the right people, you find the right idea, you get into it. I've never said, you know, what, what is the next company I'm starting? Or what's the next path that I'm going to small company, big company, it's always been you're just in it all in all the time. Um, and so you're creative juices flow, your technical juices flow, your management skills are tested. Um, and that's kind of where I find solace. That's what entrepreneurship is for me. That That is great. I think that is probably the uh, the best definition of entrepreneurial or entrepreneurship that I've heard on the show. Um, now, you started Block Party. You co-founded Block Party um, while you were graduating. Yeah. Um, I had a great co-founder, um, Adam Ward, who's just an amazing person to partner up with. And my second year of business school, he approached me with an idea. And I said, I, things came together, the right person, um, the right team, and the right idea to where I could not stop thinking about it. The idea was basically to revolutionize how tailgating and hospitality worked throughout the country, especially with Division One in professional sports, something we both enjoyed um, uh, growing up and, and going through the process. I basically started working on that, um, knowing that I had a job offer, um, from IBM, right? It's great on paper. I was part of an executive management leadership development program. It all synced up as it should, but I couldn't keep my mind off of working on this project with Adam. And so throughout my second year of business school, I had a lot of time to explore. Not that I wasn't going to classes, but you're going to classes that are startup law or how to raise VC money, mm -hmm. or managing growing companies, right? So it was kind of symbiotic in that way. And then I would travel less than a lot of my classmates. I would recruit a lot less than my classmates um, and I'd work on this. And right before graduation, we sold enough contracts to raise enough money to pay ourselves uh, what was very close to minimum wage at that time. Um, but I got to call IBM and say I wasn't coming and they were proud of me. They're excited. I did have to smooth it over because they continue to recruit for my business school and I was the only one um, they're supposed to enter that program. Um, but I was looking for something a little different during business school and I didn't know what that was. Um, but once I got into starting and building a company, it quickly took me over. Um, so that was a that was the change, the pivot in my career. When I look back, um, I'm not sure where I would have been if I took the kind of the easier guaranteed route. No, I, that that sounds like the fact that IBM was excited for you, I think is a big kind of like a gold star, kind of like the check mark. I would have if if I was in your shoes, having an, another company that wanted you and 
in their business and then say, no, we're excited for you to try this. I think that is a, a, a great uh, signal that you're doing, you're on the right path. With, without a doubt, they actually wrote an article about how they try, especially for the program I was in, that, that rotational program, they try to recruit entrepreneurial minded folks. Uh, so if you're not re-recruiting, right, you're not trying to do something completely different, you're just exploring your passions. Um, they were proud of me. Now, given my background in technical uh, kind of wherewithal, I tend to be a little more risk adverse, or at least I used to. Mm-hmm. This is, they told me, fantastic, go on your way. This is awesome. But that's not before I asked them for, hey, if this doesn't work out in three months, can I just jump back in? <laughs> oh, if it doesn't work out in six months, can I just jump back in? A year from now, if this doesn't go well, can I jump back in? <laughs> right. I'm going to try to hedge the bet any way I possibly can. And they told me each of those times, no, no, no. Right. Like the program starts at a certain time. You are the selectee. There's only 10 people globally. Um, so that's not how it works and we're not willing to change it for you. And I respected that, mm-hmm. but I, I had to take the, uh, the leap and without that cushion to fall back on, if it, I think it makes you a better founder. Yeah, no, I, I, I would have to agree. A lot of the founders that I've spoken to that I've founded, have put their chips all in and either they've had a great success or they learned a lot of lessons, uh, from going all in, but yeah, no, I'm glad that it worked out for you because Look at where you are now. You're you're doing so much better. One range. I, I can't wait to talk to you about one range. That's that's something I'm very interested in. Uh, but before we jump into one range, I want to know a tip you have for someone who's in the same shoes as you are. They may not be graduating school or getting their degrees or anything, but they may be on that fence. They have that job opportunity like you had, but they also have the opportunity to found their own or co-found their own company what tip would you have for them yeah it's a great question i've heard um some of your guests phil on the show kind of talk about setting yourself up for the future so you have that safe job or you're in school right you have that dot edu after your last name um that's your chance to explore i mean i know there's tons of social and recreational stuff going on plenty you can do in the world and travel and that's it's not to discount any of that but when you have a chance and a little bit of security or a timeline that you know you're, you're comfortable with, just go ahead and explore. And you know it when it hits you. Um, combination of the right idea and the right people that you're working with, you'll eventually replace the hours you spend on Netflix or playing video games or going to the movies all the time with actual productive work. Um, not to say that things are going to come to fruition right away, but when you continue to explore, you're going to find how to be an expert in something because you love it that much. And it's going to make your day job look, you know, like a day job, like something you just go and do. Um, but exploring is the, the easiest thing. And it's not just what you'd say yes to, but also what you would not explore. It's just as important to put nose around things that you should not explore to save your time. Um, and so when you know it, uh, you go at it full bore. And, uh, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs start, whether they've taken the leap, whether they've done it, by moonlighting, it's always a combination of just not being able to to not work on it, right? And, and get involved and explore and try to change the world. Oh, I love that. I love that. Just, it's something similar to uh, what the, the big guy Gary Vee says, just you're young, explore until you, uh, you find what you love. Right. I think there's a lot of people that maybe know where they want to be when they're 60 years old and just drive towards it. More yeah. often than not, the, the people that I know or the people I interact with at this point 
still have no idea, but they know on a day-to-day basis what makes them feel productive, what helps them learn, what market they want to be in, um, and what keeps them waking up every morning. And if you don't have that, shoot, take the time to explore. You're just, you're wasting time because you're going to spend a lot of your time working. And if it's not on the right thing, um, then, then it's going to be a waste, waste of talents. Oh yeah. Big time. And I, I know that firsthand did 10 years in the corporate world and realized that's not where I want to be. I love this an entrepreneurial, not really knowing what the day will bring, but having an idea what I can do during the day and make right. it productive. That's, I think that's the, the best part for a lot of people in, I'm guessing our range range, seeing you graduated around the same time I did. So yeah, it's that freedom, that difference. The corporate world is not really for most of us because we, we like to explore. Yeah. I mean, by, by numbers, corporations and the way that the kind of academic, academic system works, it's a great training base. But if you never launch for it or you don't have the ability to scale up, which sometimes is not all in your control, it's tough. I had a good friend of mine when I was going through a transition from professional baseball where I was just racking up injuries. Right? And it was hard to continue with elbow and back injuries, um, as well as in my early, early kind of engineering days when I was waiting to go to that job in, in government, um, every time I kind of hit a wall, I was like, listen, I can get the best performance reviews ever. I can get promoted before anybody. You get a little pay increase. That's awesome. But what am I missing? Um, and he looked me straight in the eye and said, if you think that you can excel beyond what the organization will let you do, or in baseball, beyond what your injuries will allow you to do, right? No one's holding you back. Cream of the crop makes it to the top and and eventually goes Hall of Fame. But if your injury is a little ligament in your arm or disc in your back is going to hold you back, go find something where you're not going to be held back. And years later, here we are in entrepreneurship like, like you do, Phil. The more effort, the more work, the smarter you are about it, and the more you learn, the more you're going to drive success for yourself and impact other people. It's so true. It's so true. Now, I don't want to stay too much on your past. I do want to know about one range. Like this is this is what I heard from you when uh, Spencer reached out to have you on a, uh, as a guest. So I want to know more. How did one range come about? Yeah, it's a great question. I think getting into entrepreneurship um, was a culmination of a lot of different experiences I've had in the past. One range is a culmination of all my startup experiences. So it's a shift in the market that I serve from block party, but we did enough hiring, firing, raising money, doing deals, business development, um, to get kind of our, our legs under us. And, um, what I ultimately decided out of that experience is I wanted to launch another company, wanted to do it with a co-founder that had very disparate skills, but that I respected and understood, um, to, to do what they have to. And I wanted to be in something that, you know, for the next 20 years, I'd be happy with the impact on the world. And so I teamed up with my now co-founder and CTO, Hutan Finasalik, who has similar experiences in the startup world. Um, and it's just been an absolute pleasure every day. Um, and I wanted to get into technology and something that would serve others. And so our mission is to provide professional development solutions to companies to help inspire, engage, and create better impact amongst their employees. Um, if we're successful in defining what professional development is and delivering it to companies and their employees, that's a pretty good, that's a life lived. Um, that's the way through my experiences that I see that we can impact the world. And so one range is just a manif- 
manifestation of trying to get the right people in the right room to scale up the right idea. And again, we've, we've never looked back since day one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Cause if you help just one person in an organization become better, move up, get that promotion or become a better professional in their job, your ch- that business is going to ex- expand rapidly because they have a better employee and that makes the business better. That just, Oh my God, that's genius. All right. It's so, so it's that alignment of what companies look in their, their strategy and what employees need for their continuous development. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the affinity they have for their undergraduate institution, wherever you went to school. Um, it's not because they gave you access to the best cafeterias and <laughs> frat parties, right? Like that's part of it. That's what you tell at, at, at stories, but, um, it's because they expanded your mind. You had good classes, you had bad classes, you had homework assignments that were terrible, some that you might've enjoyed, but they expanded your mind. And when it comes to the professional development world, when you go into a corporation or even a smaller company, you don't have a pathway to continue to explore, even if it makes you better at your job. And I think companies try to do um, everything they can, but there needs to be a, a solution provider like us that kind of becomes the center of best practices. Professional development gives commitment towards organizations. That's why we keep donating to our undergraduate and graduate schools the places that got us to where they are now because they expanded our minds. If we can do the same thing for corporations amongst their employees, you're going to get commitment. You're going to get high performers sticking around and you're certainly going to get business results without a doubt. Yeah, no. I. So the corporation I worked for, they did have like a continuing educational type thing for the, the business. But whenever I did, I was bored out of my mind because it wasn't entertaining it wasn't like you said it wasn't like back at school like in the undergraduate and that it wasn't expanding my mind it's just like you just need to know this just know this and it's fine yeah it didn't help and i think because businesses are so focused on their own niche when they try and do something that's outside their niche like bring uh, educating their employees or giving performance to their employees to increase their performance like you guys do they fail because they don't know it's not in their their, their, their lane in essence. Absolutely. So there's a, a bifurcation between um, what we see in traditional training, learning and development that, that is a company function that's needed and true professional development. Uh, training, learning and development is going to be a lot of compliance, competency, making sure you're on the right pathway to continue stepping up to directly serve the company in that capacity. So it's getting you from negative one to zero, compliance and competency. Mm-hmm. Professional development, although it's company sponsored, is a strategic investment. It may take a little for people to wrap the concepts and bring them to the workplace, but it expands your mind. It's usually from external providers, so you don't get it internally. On-the-job mentorships are a great example, but usually it comes from external providers, online course providers, conferences, professional networks, um, and it's all individualized. So you can be the same role and start the same day as someone next to you and your goals or what you want to explore, it's going to be very different than that person. So it's almost impossible for a company internally to solve all those needs, which is why we see such low engagement in traditional professional development programs. Um, we define those as if a company bifurcates their budget from training and professional development, that's the only way it exists. Tuition reimbursement, learning stipend, professional development budgets that managers have for their people, 
or they have a provider, a coaching service, an online course provider, they try to supply their folks. Um, one range is just making all of those programs a lot more effective and a lot more efficient on the budget, um, which is which is key right now. And so uh, we work with companies that are doing it pretty well right now, um, but we believe our solution in the future is gonna be able to completely be a end-to-end -end solution. Uh, so that that companies no longer have to search for what it is and still get people what they need. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and looking forward to having you come back on when you've reached even higher goals uh, for that. But we're still talking with Steve Gilman, co-founder of One Range, an amazing uh, professional solution for uh, early stage professional development technology uh, for companies. Uh, Steve, in your journey as an entrepreneur, You've, you must have racked up some great memories. My question is, which one would you say is your favorite or one of your favorites? Yeah. Um, interesting. I think, uh, you know, the, there, during the block party days, um, there was a lot of things that had to go right at any given time. And I think when you're a smaller company and you're trying to change a a bigger landscape, you always have to pretend that you're a bit larger, right? Or you have to do it better, but you need a way to get in the door. Um, I, th I think one of the, the kind of the funnest stories that comes to mind that launched what we did and gave us an opportunity to change the hospitality landscape um, is we signed our first deal. This is when I was, um, this was second year of business school. Um, we barely had a website, a couple pictures, a video, a prototype of what we thought hospitality should look like. Um, and much thanks to my to my co-founder who took me on this journey, he really headed up sales um, and changed the way things happen. Um, but there was a particular time when I was just figuring out what entrepreneurship is. Like you have to pay taxes, you have to get into QuickBooks. Do we hire, do we, like, how does this all work? And we knew we had to sell a deal. Um, we put ourselves out there to a school called SMU, Southern Methodist University down in Dallas, Texas. Um, said, hey, we'll come pilot at a spring game, like a practice game, and then maybe you'll contract us for your fall season. And we brought out prototypes. We got all our friends. We tried to get everything going um, to make them seem like we we're the, the best and the brightest. And we ended up getting a signed contract after grueling days of trying to get the right person in the right room but there was a manifestation where at one point we were in the room of the general manager that signed a three year, um, 500 K contract right off the bat. And the same time my co-founder was getting him to sign it. Our team was working outside in the stadium to build the hospitality and we were building it from scratch. I mean, we were running to home Depot to build a tent. We were running to, um, Best Buy to get TVs. And so we were basically, it was just a surreal moment because I could see out of the glass of this individual's window, we were building what we thought something should look like while we were getting a contract signed. And I, listen, I think that the signee knew what was going on, but he also knew we wouldn't, we wouldn't stop till it was done. So <laughs> it was like, they're adding more <laughs> yeah. crap. Um, look, if we just sign, will you stop? I think that's what's probably going through his head. He's like, this is going to stop the madness. That's it. And most entrepreneurs will tell you, um, you can pursue a lot of ideas, but until your back's against the wall and you have no choice, right? We, we would have not got investment. I would have been at IBM serving in some role right now had that moment not had happened. 
Um, and so I give credit to that moment for everything I've done in the past seven or eight years since. Oh, no, that that is a that's a like that is a great memory to have. Knowing that it's a life changing memory because, like you said, if it didn't get signed, you would be at IBM, and it, you wouldn't have the last seven to eight years of awesomeness that you've had. I might have thought that's all there was. Yeah, that I thought like, like I thought for like nearly ten years. Jesus, <laughs> right? Um, I want to know. I, I'm a voracious book reader. Uh, I love reading books. Uh, it's it's like uh, best way to learn next to having interviews with people like yourself, Steve. So I want to know what is a book that you recommend to you, anybody going into the entrepreneurial world? Yeah, um, I think so. So the book that I like to recommend right from the start is a Ben Horowitz book. Um, his first one, the hard thing about hard things. Um, that was required reading for um, a master class that I took. And uh, it's very, it was the first kind of exploration into how hard entrepreneurship should be, vice how easy it looks once you're successful, right? So uh, entrepreneurs have a lot of exposure to Bill Gates coming back and giving a talk about, you know, find a problem, have a solution. Now I have foundations to help the rest of the world. Well, there's a lot that happens in between. I think hard things about hard things. Um, basically goes into how sleepless nights come to fruition and how close you can be to being, in his case, a penny stock, but how close you can be to success. And there was multiple times where him and his team had his back against the wall. We need this customer to sign or that's it. And you see what people do when they're passionate and they believe about it, um, believe what they're doing enough to make it happen. So I think that's a good point to start. It's going to give you a little bit opposite view um, because I, I respect Ben for, for putting that perspective out there, even though he's had all this success in his career and is continuing to do so. No, that, that does sound, because when you, like you said, entrepreneurship from the outside looking in looks super easy, but once you get your hands into the, the muck of it, you realize how hard and dirty and difficult it is. So no, I like that book. I'm definitely going to be picking up Ben's book because it sounds like it, it's going to help me out a lot um, and help other entrepreneurs in their journey as well see the real side of it. Um, Steve, I'm going to jump off the stage here because we're coming up to the end of the uh, episode. I'm going to give you the last little bit. Let us know where we can find you, how we can uh, check out uh, One Range and everything else you have going on for you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. So you can find One Range at onerange.co. Um, that's .co. We love talking professional development, no matter where your company is um, in the life cycle, starting a professional development from scratch, being small, being a little bit more mature and doing that, um, or you have something in place that's working and you want to bounce ideas off the how to, how to make it even better. Um, so we're an end-to-end -end professional development solution. We allow companies to create more engaging, impactful, and truly inspiring professional development for all of their employees. Um, we've seen some awesome success. We've had a chance to work with really great customers and we're excited for the future. Um, the team's excited to to engage with uh, with people in that conversation uh, wherever and whenever you are in that journey. Awesome. Steve, I can't thank you enough for being an awesome guest on the show, sharing your story with my audience. And of course, to my audience, the notes, the show notes will have everything so that you can link up with Steve. Did I just mute Steve or did you mute yourself? 
did it myself. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't mess up here. Uh, Steve, again, thank you so, so much for being an awesome guest. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, absolute pleasure this morning. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. And remember to always invest in yourself. 